If your loved one is at risk of a fall, the Symphony Medical Alert System from CVS Health can help support their safety in their home with 24-7 emergency monitoring, even when you can't be there. Terms and conditions apply. Learn more about Symphony at cvs.com symphony or find it at your nearest CVS Health Hub. This is Computer Talk with Tab, hosted by Eric Semmel of Tab Computer Systems. Interact with Eric and his guest by phone at 522-WTIC or 1-800-966-WTIC. Email them in the studio at gethelpattabinc.com or get help anytime at computertalkwithtab.com. Now, here's Eric. And good morning. This is Computer Talk with Tab. I'm Eric. And I'm Bob. And we're here till 11 o'clock. Feel free to get online. Got some lines open for you. 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC. And uh, you want to talk about the uh, the app debacle in Iowa? Happy to chat about that. It was not a coding error. It was a process error. It was a business function error. It was just ridiculous what happened out there. They did not get the app authorized on the Apple stores and expected pure novices to figure out how to circumvent Apple security to get the app loaded. And, of course, they could not do that. Of course they could not do that. That's why they're Apple. Just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> Apple Apple markets on its ease of use. But just try to defeat the ease of use. Forget it. Uh, so they did not get the app certified on the Apple stores. And they had to just jury rig its installation off of a, of a website. And you wonder why it didn't work. You wonder why. It's, it, well, you know what? I can't believe somebody somewhere said, hey, this isn't going to work. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you think about the problems you get in, you had so many people that had to load this app. Right. And they were all having troubles. Right. I mean, nobody threw up a red flag? Come on. Oh, I'm sure they did. But they just kept muddling Ignoring through. It. Well, isn't that, that's, that's again, our, my reasoning for we have to start, start hiring folks in our legislature who have some idea of technology. You just can't keep putting in folks who don't thing, know what's you know, going on. You're going to ask to have doctors become legi- uh, legislators so that they can write good medical law? bills. Uh, that would make sense law. to me. <laughs> that would make sense to me. I mean, come on, common sense? I know. It's Not non-existent today, especially in politics. <laughs> so we'll move on to uh, Mark in Torrington. What's going on, Mark? Oh, you're Hi, do- how are you guys? Good, how are you? Yeah, trying to keep the dog quiet. All right. Um, Hey, so I heard that woman before with the HP laptop, and that's a very familiar story that I've heard before. And I was in IT for many years, and we had HP computers, business class laptops. Sure. I never had any kind of problems like I've had in the consumer world. But at least two different laptops my children had. One died because the CPU pipe that was supposed to cool it got all jammed up. I had to send it and fix it for a while. It died again. Then the Wi-Fi died. Oh, my son had a HP. The Wi-Fi died on it. Yeah. My daughter bought a newer one in Elite, and it doesn't. It was one of the thin ones that doesn't have a um, a fan CD, and that oh, that died too. Oh boy! So are are they putting inferior motherboards or nope. different? Nope. In, in those that are different than the business class. Ah, uh, yes. They are. So you're going to have a different class of machine in the consumer grade versus the business grade. Yes, you are. That's why it costs more for the business machine. Um, however, I've had good luck with the consumer grade with my kids uh, for their college laptops. Um, some, okay. Sometimes it's how the how the kids use it. Like if you know when I when I saw my kids using the laptop on their bed, 
the laptop doesn't okay. like to be on a bed, right? Yeah, it's blocking gonna... everything, yeah. Exactly. So that kind of stuff, when my son didn't charge it, and I had to drive all the way up to Yukon because he said, Dad, it's dead. Well, <laughs> yeah, of course it is because he didn't charge it. Uh, you can't be running around on you know 10% battery and expect it to do what it needs to do. So sometimes it's user error, but in general, we've had good luck with the HP brand. But you can almost say this about all brands. Whatever brand you choose, you could have a bad, a bad run, right? Just bad yeah. luck. And there's nothing wrong with you saying, I'll never buy another one. That's fine with you. Uh, there's other ones out there to try, right? Um, yeah. But they, yeah, do, I, well, they do have different quality. I wouldn't quality. say that. Yeah, yeah but, I wouldn't say that I wouldn't buy one. As a matter of fact, um, once I got done with business, I'm retired now, um, I've always um, done some things on my own Yeah. Um, in terms of Linux and so forth. But I, I um, embraced Apple. Mm-hmm. And i got to tell you, my iMac died twice oh. for in the first, in the first year, the power supply went. Mm-hmm. I had to bring it in for that, and I had the extended warranty too. Yeah. And now the latest thing is it's um, it's seven years old, mm-hmm. maybe eight years old yep. at this point. I try to do the latest update. I can't go to the newest Mac OS, but I try to do the latest update, just mm-hmm. a regular security update. Yep. Thing died. It keeps coming up with the same error. Now I have to bring it to the Genius Bar. Yep. Or. Or spend money on a phone call, so oh boy, uh, that's not always the answer either. I'm well, at, Apple. At, well, exactly. At eight years old, also, it's, it, it owes you nothing. You know. Uh, however, the fact that you paid for an Apple, you paid for probably two regular IBM machines, and that's part of the problem that I see with Apple is the high, high price. Um, yeah, they are. I paid sixteen hundred for it. I got the better CPU and uh, right. you know a terabyte hard drive at the time and right. everything. But and ironically, you know, they're still they're still the guts are the same guts you put in a PC. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so that Apple logo is quite expensive. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I don't know that I would spend any money to get it repaired at eight years. I would tell you to, if you like Apple, get it, get the next one. You're gonna have to save up a bit. <laughs> well, I I. I put um, I put that out of my mind. I I bought a new AS Rock board for my old case, and I put one together, and it works fine. Oh, there you go. Nice, nice. So, but thank you for your answer. I appreciate it. All right, Mark. Good luck, sir. All right, bye. Right, bye, bye. Yeah, any any device is going to fail. Yeah, it's it's just designed for it. We got Paul and Sharon wants to talk about uh, government chargers. Hey, Paul. Good morning. Uh, you're. That whole thing reminded me of a conversation I had with my grandfather many, many, many years ago. Um, we were we stopped into a gas station to fill up the truck. He, we ran, my family had a small uh, contracting business. Yeah. And we're, we're, you know, I'm filling up the truck, and my grandfather goes, "Boy, you know," he said to me, "He goes, he says you you have no idea how lucky you are." So what do you mean? He goes, "When I first started out in business in the early part of the 20th century." Mm-hmm. He said, we always carried four or five gas cans with us, and when you stopped for gas, you filled them up. Right, because you couldn't hope there'd be another gas station. Bingo. Right. Fast forward to electric cars. Yeah. Well, guess what, boys and girls? It's called responsibility. Mm-hmm. You need to know what you're, you know, I mean, and I'm sorry, it, it, it's her politics. You know, the yeah. government has a solution to everything and so on and so forth. I know. Um, hopefully, it will go nowhere. But, you know, to sit and say, hey, that's a great idea. We should have all these... Especially, let's take the state of Connecticut. Supposedly, one of the reasons we need tolls is the electric cars are are, are selling the gas tax. <laughs> I know, I know, it's and they're crazy. and they're like what? Less than one percent of the total number of registered vehicles. Less than that. Yeah, it's probably less than that. Yeah, no, I know, it's it's cuckoo crazy. Yeah. Well, of course, you know now. I guess you, if you have an electric car, you could get some bring some spare batteries with you. <laughs> 
<laughs> drag him in a wagon behind you. Um, no, but, I read somewhere on, on, on the internet that you, if, as long as your laptop's fully charged, that you can plug your laptop into the car and run the car off your laptop. Well, that might be for maybe <laughs> 40 feet. <laughs> Not even I, that. I, oh, I, I remember this site. It was the Babylon Bee. Oh, there we go. There it is. Yeah, that's like the onion. Yeah, take it easy, Paul. <laughs> Run your lap, your car off your laptop. <laughs> Heck, I mean, here in Connecticut, where they want to do tolls, I mean, for some pittance amount of money. I mean, they could bring back the luxury tax on rotisserie chickens and get the same amount of money that you're going to get in tolls. You know, I mean, actually, the tax is still existing. They just choose not to enforce it. <laughs> oh my god! Can't make it up. Let's go to Jim in Plainville. Hey, Jim. Good morning. Morning, sir. Hello. Yes, good morning. Good morning. I'm looking to buy a new laptop. All right. And when I look at these on my old one here, and they say they have an Intel Core i5 or i7, mm-hmm. I don't know what's good. Okay, memory, 12 gigabytes looks good. Yeah. I don't know what a 16 gigabyte Optane is. Ooh, yeah, that, that's really nice. That's a little extra yeah, but, extra memory juice for your system to run even faster. Oh, okay. Then that's what I want. But is 16 then the best thing to get or 8 gigabytes? Or Well, um, what are you going to do with the machine, Jim? Really, that's where it all starts. Mostly, it's on my desk. I run QuickBooks for a couple more months that I'm retiring. Yeah. And my Quicken, I, I go to my bank, yep. pay some bills. I, I look up parts or something like that to purchase on the Internet. Yeah. And uh, I read the news. Okay. So Optane is, even the Optane memory is probably more than overkill for you. So an i5 will do fine for you. 8 gigs of RAM will be fine. If you want to go 12, that's fine. And then maybe a solid-state drive, 256 or 512 solid-state drive. Those are the things that I would focus on for you based on what you said you're using the machine for. Well, that sounds about right. I just don't want it to slow down on me. I use it here at home. Yep, I it won't. I take it to my summer place where it's slow anyway because it's just satellite. Right. They call it high speed, but I call it high speed telephone. Exactly, yeah. So, no, it won't slow down. The solid state will be a huge improvement, and the RAM is plenty, and i5 is plenty for what you described you were doing with it. All right. Is mm-hmm. there a, a particular brand? I see HP, I see Dell, I see something called ASUS. I don't know. ASUS. Asus is a is a good motherboard brand, um, but we're we're for what we do in our practice, we find have very good luck with HP uh, business laptops, and I've had good luck personally with their Envy line of consumer laptops. So that's our recommendation. Okay, well, I appreciate it very much, and I do enjoy your show every week. Thanks, Jim, very much. Okay, thank you. All right, yep, bye bye. We're gonna step out for a quick break. Get back to more of your calls. We have uh, four lines wide open. Eight hundred nine six six WTIC five two two WTIC. We'll be right back. And we are back. This is Computer Talk with Tab, and we're gonna be here till eleven o'clock. Feel free to get online. We'll do our best to help you out with your computer problems, comments, questions, and concerns. And uh, as we wait for some of your calls, I I'm hearing. That the solar incentives are going to be going away soon, and you're going to you know buy now before the the subsidy goes away because right. they're going to get more expensive. Well, then the price will go down. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I'm thinking to myself, wait a minute, wait a minute. Solar incentives are going to go away, and people aren't buying that now, and so they're going to raise the price of solar, and that'll do what? You're going to sell less, even less solar. So what are you going to do? You're going to lower your price. 
So anything subsidized by the government goes up in price. And when the subsidy is removed, it'll go down. So frankly, if you're thinking about it, I'd rather tell you to wait until it goes away so you see the actual price of solar to see if you actually work out well for you. Um, let's go on to Greg and Nagarak. Hey, Greg, what's up? Good morning. Good morning. I have a question about a modem. In yeah. that I remember a long time ago when the computers literally just started, and I understand analog versus digital. Uh-huh. But with the world today, everything is digital, including the TV transmission and everything. Yeah. So the fact that we still have a modem and routers and everything – does that mean that the signal is still produced analog no. and then it still does have to be changed into digital? I don't think so. I think it's all digital from the from the transmission now, right from the cameras. Like the football game is going to be taken in in 1080p, all digital, and transmitted digitally. No more analog. Right, right. So why do we even hear the name modem today? It's people. It's a misnomer. People call a device a modem, even though it's not technically a modem, because modem stands for modulator, demodulator. Right. Right. And they were converting analog to digital, so your computer could understand it through right. sounds. Yeah, they were making sounds. That squawk you heard was the talking of the conversion right. of the taking it from digital to. So they're not doing that anymore. Right. So, but they call it a modem because people got to know what it meant. Right. So, we could call it a flux capacitor if that makes you happier. I wouldn't know what the heck that is, but anyway. <laughs> so, so I know then, you know, I have in my house a a mode a combination modem router. Right. I understand a router just spreads it around, you know. Yep. But, but why do they still call it a modem and router combination? Well, because it is. So you're 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 taking the input of the internet. It's not doing the modem that you know. It's not translating the way Bob talked about in the old days, but it's still. Connecting in, accepting the signal, then getting it to the router so it can be handed out through DHCP and then distributed through your network. So okay. you do need the function of the, what the modem is doing, but it's not doing it what it was doing in the old days. Uh, it's, it's taking a digital Technically, you signal. could just call it a router, and you'd be correct because really okay. all it's doing is routing. They call it a modem because the signal coming in from, let's say, the cable – Right. is different than the signal coming in from phone line or or fiber or fiber yes yeah okay. so it's it like the all right it's the, it's an entry point so it is kind of converting whatever method of connection you have to then get it to cat 5 over to your router or cat 6 over to your router but Very you're good, you're you're guys, I do appreciate it all right, great Craig. show Thanks. keep it up please all right, we will um i prefer i would recommend always looking at a separate device like a modem and separate router so that you can manage your connection more specifically. Right. So so the cable company doesn't break you when it does a firmware update. <laughs> exactly. Um, feel free to get online, guys. 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC. Uh, we're going to go to Mark and see what he's got cooking. Hey, Mark. Hey, how's it going? Hey, good, Mark. How are you? Lousy. Oh, boy. What's going yeah, on? So I called you. Um, I got a, a printer problem with... Uh, are you the guy uh, in East Hartford? Yeah. Oh, boy. It, it didn't work. That printer wasn't, I guess it wasn't supported. Right. So what do you uh, got? What did you do? Did you throw away the old printer finally and get a new one? <laughs> no, I kept it in case as a backup. But I have a, a printer that's, I looked it up, it's Windows 10 compatible. All right. So I uh, put it on the uh, put it on the computer, hooked it up, you know, and went through the steps. Yeah. So it's... You know, 
<laughs> the last step was to to try it, and it's not accepting the cartridge. The cartridge I put in there is brand new. Is it is and it from it, the manufacturer? Uh, yeah, it's from uh, where I always buy my cartridges at Best Buy. Yeah, but so, so it, all the other times when they you know when they go bad, you just replace them, mm-hmm. and they, they run out of ink, you replace them. You know yeah. the you know the, oh, the yeah. drills. I've seen this. This was uh, this this. It said it was low on ink or something like that. You know the message you get on the, on your computer screen from yeah. the printer yeah. that you can't print because it's out of it's out of uh, ink. out of ink. Yeah. So I went to the uh, to the Best Buy. They had it, mm-hmm. and uh, you know you spend twenty three dollars to put it in. Yeah, and it's it, <laughs> the manufacturer calls for it. It's got the right model number. You put it in, and now you know what it's telling me. No, it's it's not. Uh, you have. Incompatible cartridge. It's not accepting that cartridge. Oh boy, but you have bad luck. One... Yeah, yeah. Help me. I mean, I'm. You, well, may, you may need a firmware update on your printer. How? Yeah. How old is this printer, Mark? Um, I. It's at least five, six years, but it says that it's it, it's a Windows 10 compatible. That's it's fine. The, it's in. Yeah, so yeah. it should work, but uh, but it's not. So let's just go with the logic. It should work, but it's not. So we're th- right. we're thinking. And Bob, you want the model number? I've got nope. the model number. Don't want to know. What we would, what we would tell you though is like Bob's considering that the firmware, the hardware, the software on the hardware is old. You haven't had a you haven't used it in a long time, right? And it could on that print on that um, printer. This is, that printer I bought it used, but it, it worked. I hear you. I hear the you. Guy who told me that? You I, know, know. I trust him. I believe you. But now the so, new the new cartridge is expecting right. the printer's expecting something and it's not getting what it's expecting, right? So maybe the printer firmware needs to be updated to accept this cartridge. Okay, so it's just not a. They told me to clean the. Uh, you could clean the nozzles and all that, but that's not what your error is saying. Your error is saying it's not a compatible cartridge. You put in exactly a, when, in fact, it is. It's I believe right you. Model number and the right, uh, right number on the cartridge for that printer. We believe you. The right, right model number, serial number, everything. There's yep. there's a chip on the cartridge that has a number on it. Right. And the printer is reading the number, but okay, the number. Wait, 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 like, wait, wait. Wait, <laughs> wait. I did. You know, I didn't take the paper off. On the on the cartridge, when you take it out of the box, it's got a paper film that you're supposed to take off. I put that in. Could that have done it? Yeah. And I took it out and I took the the paper off, put the new cartridge in. Yeah. Well, that could have done it. The paper. That could have caused issues because you didn't actually put the ink in. But what Bob's trying to say is that if the right. printer doesn't see that cartridge as the right cartridge, it might be because the printer is its operating system is too old to know the new cartridge. That's the only logical thing we can come up with for that error specifically in your case. All right, so you have to upgrade the the firmware on the printer, and I don't think you want to spend the time doing that, considering all the fun you have with the old brother printer. I, I think for you and printers, no, you need a you need a a fresh, no used, right out of the box printer that will work for you, Mark. Because or just don't print. So just, you've <laughs> already spent more money I know. than you would have spent if you just bought a new one. That's awful. A low end. A low end, brand new printer. But upgrading the firmware, we can put a link up there. What's the model? Yeah, yeah. Explain to me br- briefly how do you do that? You got to download. It's like downloading some drivers. It's like downloading drivers, but it's not. You have to download a As tool a utility that'll update the printer. So, what's the model of the printer, Mark? Thank you, sir. Yeah. HP. Let's start over again. HP NVENVY number five five three zero. So we'll we'll see if there's a update to that firmware that we can list the instructions for you to follow and or 
a video that'll show that for you, Mark. Because uh, so, and if this doesn't work, Mark, I'm going to tell you right now. Just get a new printer. Yeah, that will work because these used things are not working well for you. Yeah, yeah. And they, there's a reason why somebody sold it. Yeah. So we'll put that out there for you, Mark, and see if that works. If it doesn't, don't don't keep buying ink cartridges for this thing. You're going to go broke. No, um, no, yeah, I know exactly. I didn't think they were. I used to do that on the cheaper printer, and it's the same deal. What it is is the cheap printers they only last a couple of weeks, depending on. If your kids or your wife uses it or you use it a lot, then forget it. You got to go get another cartridge. Yeah, get a nice so, color. Get a get a three hundred dollar color laser, and that'll probably solve your problem. But we got to go, Mark. Hope that helps you. We got the link going up there for you. Okay, sir. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, it's frustrating. Marcus had no, I mean, no good luck with printers. Period. Because he he's got all these old machines that he keeps trying to get working, and it's just sometimes not worth it. We're going to be here till eleven o'clock. Four lines wide open. Feel free to get online eight hundred nine six six WTIC five two two WTIC, and we'll do our best to help you out with computer problems, comments, questions, and concerns. Everything's been posted live over at computertalkwithtab.com by Mike G. He's he's working feverishly, Mike over there, posting this stuff for you guys so you have it and you don't need to go searching around. We'll be right back. We are back. This is Computer Talk. We are here till 11, and the lines are wide open on this lovely Saturday morning. Maybe it is beautiful outside. I understand. We completely do. But if you want to start talking about our kids, you need to get online, 800-966-WTIC-522-WTIC, and we'll do our best to help you out. Now, we did a little more research on Mark Mark's issue. Uh, we found that his the current version of that printer is 60 bucks. the current version. So he's, he's already spending 40 50 bucks on ink. The printer itself is 60 bucks. Um, so the used one that's six or seven years old is not worth any time or energy. However, there is a new firmware out. We were right. I mean, it's out. The new firmware came out in October or something like that of this year for right. that particular printer model. So if you do, if you are lucky enough, Mark, to get that update to work for you, your $60 printer just might accept the ink. October 22nd. Yeah. But don't kill yourself trying to get it going. I mean, if it's, it's, it's a $60 printer, it's equivalent right now is 60 bucks. So don't, don't. Spend too much energy on it. So as we wait for your calls, um, 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC, Bob wanted to bring up something in the news here. Okay. So uh, if you get exposed to radiation. It's bad. Maybe you want to get like a little darker tan. Yeah. So a fungi found in Chernobyl feeds on radiation. Yeah, red. Could this. protect astronauts. The organism could be used to protect humans and equipment on the International Space Station. We're going to cover it in a fungus. The scientists have discovered that a strand of fungi in the Chernobyl nuclear power plant feeds on radiation, according mm. to a Thursday report by Express. Yeah. The fungi was first found at Chernobyl in 1991, five years after the nuclear reactor exploded. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. But scientists have recently found that its properties could help people protect from help protect people from radiation. Hmm. The fungi is called Cryptococcus neoformans, mm -hmm. and it's well known to science having been described in the 1890s. It can be a nasty microorganism for humans if it gets into those with compromised immune systems, oh resulting in infection known as cryptococcosis. That sounds bad. Turns out it may be also be beneficial for humans, particularly in space. The fungi contains high levels of melanin, a pigment that turns skin darker. Right. That melanin absorbs radiation and turns it into chemical 
energy. Unbelievable. Similar to how plants turn carbon dioxide and chlorophyll into oxygen and glucose through photosynthesis. Yeah. According to a study first studied, published in 2007, this process is dubbed radiosynthesis. Very cool. Melanin absorption is an intriguing property that could be used to protect astronauts in space. And there's more on this. So it's like we're going to put up a, a thatched roof on our space station covered in well, fungus. Well, it's, it's, it's a natural cure. Yeah, it's awesome. That's really cool. I did read that. And I was like, wow, something, something positive. So we've learned. we'll put a link up to that. Yeah, very good. Let's go to your calls. We're going to go to Gary in Bloomfield first. Good morning, Gary. Morning, guys. How you doing? Good, good. Thanks for calling. Uh, back, I think in December, I called you because I wasn't able to get open up uh, Word in Excel. All right. And you tried to run me through a repair function, and the repair didn't, uh, didn't pop work. up. And last thing we left was, you know, I might end up if I don't have the discs, uh, maybe having to go in and purchase. Uh, it was a 2019. Oh yeah. Uh, what I realized I had when I was I went into the McAfee store, I was trying to see if there was something there, mm-hmm. because I don't have the disc. I had a like a credit card size with a long number on the back, and you key that in. Yeah. And, of course, when I tried it, it said it was used already. And then I was just about ready to buy, and I realized I still had the executable from when I first bought the machine a few years ago. Sure. So I re-ran the executable, mm-hmm. and... It kept coming up asking me for, you know, the original email and password, and I put that in. It wasn't like it, and I was mm-hmm. almost frustrated enough to go out and buy it. Yep. I X'd out, clicked on Word, clicked on Excel, both open, and then run and find since. Ah, so the executable did work. It did reload the or fix the corrupt files for you without having to actually fully put in the registration key. If that's what happened. Yeah. Well, the question is, did it reinstall it? Enough. enough to activate it or keep the activation that was in there, or was it? Uh, did it put it in as a trial, which would be good for thirty days, and then it stops working? Uh, I think I've been using it now for maybe forty-five or fifty days. Okay, and you might be okay. So you may be okay. Yeah, so you're able to reinstall enough to fix whatever corruption was causing those um, programs to not operate. So you kind of were successful. Now, one thing I did do, because I still had my old XP machine, so I was using that for Word and Excel in the meantime, and one of the files I opened was uh, my calendar file, and when I first opened it on the XP machine, it said, this file caused a serious issue the last time it was saved, which Hmm. would have been on the current 8.1 machine, so I'm assuming... That may be what eventually what caused me to lose access to Word and uh, Excel in the first place. Maybe, but uh, everything's back up and working in that regard. So I just thought I'd give you guys a call on that. Good, let you know, awesome. And I do have uh, one other question mm-hmm. on uh, firewall. Yep. Maybe once a week I get a drop-down box that says your firewall is down. Either accept the risk or fix, mm-hmm. and. Uh, I'll turn around and I'll click, you know, fix it. And I'm wondering because it seems to be coming down on the McAfee header. Mm-hmm. Is that because the McAfee subscription has expired and I need to uninstall McAfee and then go into and set up the uh, Windows firewall? It could be. 
It could be if you're not paying for McAfee, they're trying to give you a little nag there to try to get you to buy it. Well, the McAfee firewall more than likely disabled the Windows firewall. It did, but they probably have their own. Right. And then if you haven't paid for it, they're going to want it. So your theory sounds sound to me. I would uninstall the McAfee and uh, turn on the Windows firewall if you'd like. Obviously, if you have a router, you have a physical firewall already. Uh, I don't have a router. I'm I'm hardwired in. All I have is a modem. Really? Well, that, how uh, just one computer? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the other one, the XP machine, I use it more as a backup in case uh, my wife is using this one downstairs. Okay. Or I plug it into the TV set and I use it as a DVD player. All right. So you use no other devices on the network no. that, that require IP addresses. Okay. No, just and, the uh, the one primary okay. PC and that's it. So you definitely want a Windows Fire. You want some firewall running if you have no yeah. physical firewall. So, yeah, or you could buy McAfee again if you want to. Well, I listening to your shows, and you've been talking about WebRoot, so I was thinking I was going to go out and buy that and put that on. That makes sense to me. Um, and then turn on the Windows firewall, and you'll be just as good. Okay. And uh, once I delete the uh, McAfee, if it, how do I know if it hasn't completely cleaned up that I have to go out and get that utility or whatever it is? To the uninstaller? The uninstaller? Well, if you go to Add Remove Programs... And you remove it, and it doesn't show up. That's how you'd know. If it's no longer in that list, if it keeps showing up, then you need the uninstaller program. Okay, okay guys. Thank you very much. All right. Good luck. Have a good one. You too, Gary. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. It's rare to have somebody who just connects right to a modem with no other devices on the network. That's really rare. I don't think rare. it's that rare. You don't? I don't think it's rare at all. I got like no. 20 systems in my network connecting up now. It's well, crazy. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, you you know better. But a lot of people... <laughs> what are you saying? They, they just go with what the cable company gives them, and the cable yeah. company tells them that they'll be fine. So we both know that's kind of like rolling the dice. It is. I wanted to uh, report on my next garage door opener. So I think I told you guys I've got, like, my garage door openers are, like, 15, 20 years old easily. So they're really dumb. And I got... An, they work with our firmware updates, Joey. But uh, I got this next... N-E-X-X, I think it's called. Next. Next. I'm waiting for my phone to open up. Um, and I put one on both garage door openers. And they're, it works beautifully. You can you know, use an app, no monthly cost to open and close your garage doors. And it's it's nice because I know if my garage door is closed and I'm up in, upstairs and I have to get down, I, I don't know. I've got this weird oh thing always God. checking. Right? Don't you hate not knowing I, I, if it it's open? It must be tough to live in a house that big. It's not that big. It's just I'm upstairs, and I don't want to go back downstairs to see if it's the garage door's closed or not. Because with kids, they would just do one thing, open it. It's like the fridge. We just open it. Yeah. And I just don't like to go to bed knowing the garage door's wide open. It's just me. Well, I've had a little issue in my with my garage door open with the wiring. Uh-huh. You know, the little safety things that yeah. indicate if something's there? Yeah. Yeah, well, I've been having a little issue with that. And it turns out the little rodents that come in to get out of the cold have been chewing through the wiring. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Do you have any kind of smart garage door there, Joey? I have old school barn door garage doors. So I got to manually go over and open them up. Oh, boy. Yeah. So they don't break down. It's great. Yeah, yeah. No. When I lose power, they still open. <laughs> yeah, good point. Yeah, good point. Well, this this next app is pretty cool. I highly recommend it. And, I, got, uh, I did get two smart outlets for Christmas, though. Smart outlets, okay. Yeah, one of them controls my Christmas lights. That's nice. just amazing. The yeah. other one, because I'm that type of evil dad, yeah. controls my internet switch. 
Oh, wow, you use it that way. So when the kids will not get off the internet, I'm like, three, two, click. Well, the beauty of the new router <laughs> I got is you can actually turn off their devices specifically. Well, that's well. here's the thing. Because, you know, so William's playing video games on one computer. Yeah. James is playing video games on another computer. Yeah. Christopher is playing the Xbox in the living room. Right. So I'm on three different, four different devices at that point. Yep. So I just kill the whole switch. Well, yeah, then you lose, though, too. <laughs> no, because, no, I still have Wi-Fi. Well, yes, yeah, because of your crazy T-Mobile <laughs> deal. No, because um, my switch is connected to the back of the router. So my oh. Wi-Fi coming off the wireless router is still good, but everything that's hardlined that's harsh. dies. That's harsh. So I'm like, hey, you guys are done. <laughs> that's harsh, Joey. I like it. So I can just yell, you know, A word, kill the internet, and it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> A word. <laughs> Very nice. All right, let's get back to your – well, let's step up for a quick a quick break, and then we'll get back to Steve in Plainville. And we got a couple lines open for you if you want to get in before the top of the hour. Um, if you've got any home automation you want to talk about, feel free. Uh, 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC. We'll be right back. And we are back. So, yeah, the app is the – it's the Next, N-E-X-X. Uh, you can turn your garage door opener into a smart garage door opener. And again, it, you know, all these kids out there, they're out there running around. You see them on your ring doorbells. You see them on your, your, your cams. They're breaking into cars. They're stealing things. They get arrested, and five seconds later, they're released. You know, they can do Grand Theft Auto, and it doesn't matter anymore these days. So, yeah, I want to close my garage door. I mean, and you, the cops are telling you to stop leaving your stuff out and leaving your stuff open and then because these kids are just doing their thing. So, yeah, I want my garage door closed. If they were to arrest the kids and lock them up a little longer, maybe they'd stop doing it. But that's a whole other problem. I know that's harsh to say, but it might stop the problem for crying out loud. Um, let's go to uh, Steve in Plainville next. Hey, Steve. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. Um, I have a uh, small thermal label printer that I use for shipping labels. Okay. Um, had no issues with it when I was running Windows 7. Uh-huh. Changed to 10 won't work, um, went through the, the shipping company's troubleshooting guide, tried everything under the sun, Yep. still can't get it to recognize this printer. Right. It's on the same computer, nothing yep. changed but the the operating system. That's all I changed. <clears throat> yep. And there's no Windows 10 drivers for it, I suspect? I, you know, I'm, I, that's what I'm starting to think because uh, it, it, be, it used to be Java. I used to have to update Java constantly. Java, okay. To keep it going, and now I don't get any of those updates because I'm. What I'm reading is Java is not supported under Windows 10. Is it a zebra it printer? Is it a what? Zebra printer. Yes, yes, it is. Okay, what model? Uh, for. I'm I'm sorry, I'm not sitting in front of it, but. Uh, <clears throat> I mean, I I. I see them everywhere. It's the most common one. Yeah, but they make a lot of different models. So oh, they really do. I know they do. Uh, you know, I can't find you a driver if I don't know what the model number is. And I'm looking so what, here, too. You can enable Java through the control panel through Windows 10. I can. You can. And we'll put a link up here. It's a Java link. Um, okay. Java's not very secure. Yeah. But uh, if you need it to run this printer, you might need this link to turn on oh. the, the Java support. That might be part of your problem, too. I mean, that's kind of what I'm thinking, but uh, I'm not totally convinced either. Right. So there's two things to try. See if you can enable Java because you always needed it before and see yep. if there's a Windows 10 driver for that particular model of printer. I'm surprised the company you spoke with didn't talk about these things at all. What did they talk about doing? N none of that. <laughs> what were they? What was their angle? 
Just curious. Were they trying to sell you a new printer? <laughs> no, oh. absolutely not. I mean, it's 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 the it's the largest shipping company in the world, and uh, oh okay, or maybe maybe the second largest, and that it never said anything about Java. I just got that from reading uh, forums and things online. Yeah, so. You know, if if you can't get the right driver for the printer, then you're going to end up having to buy a new thermal printer, which is ridiculous, I know, because all you did was change your operating system. Yeah. Um, and frustrating because, you know, the materials that you have may be useless. Well, I download the drivers for clients all the time, but I always have the model number. So So you are doing yeah. it all the time, Bob? Yeah. Yes. So he's he's corrected it by just updating the drivers often for our clients, so that might be the, the simple solution here for you, Steve. Okay. Uh, but well, why they wouldn't... I'm going to try. Yeah, why they wouldn't tell you that right off the bat is bizarre. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe, they, maybe they do want me to buy another printer. Yeah. And I'll buy another printer because I have lots of labels that I got to use. Well, that's the problem that they may not work. That they might need you to buy new materials too because. No, I, I think the labels are all the same. Good. Anyways, what I'm seeing. So. Good, good, good. Well, let's see if you yeah. can get you a new. If you you know if you if you end up getting the right model number, we can try to find the actual driver for you. But just look for a Windows 10 driver for that particular thermal printer and try to okay. apply that. So. And then maybe enable Java too. Go ahead, Bob. If they're uh, uh, software, if you don't have a driver, if your if your printer um, label printer, your your uh, Zebra label printer is too old and it's not supported anymore, they don't have a driver for it. You can yeah. download a driver for it from uh, Seagull Scientific. Okay. And that's a generic driver of some kind? No, actually, that's more specific. They make a specific driver for FedEx and a specific driver for UPS. Oh, no kidding. Okay, so we'll put the link up there for Seagull Scientific, too, as maybe a well, workaround. I don't have that link without the model number. Without the model number, I that's right. I can give you a generic that'll explain what the problem is. All right, we'll do okay. that. Very good. All right, good luck, Steve. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. It is a very common issue with the Windows 10 updates that we've been doing for our clients, that there's always some old legacy something that doesn't work. I had one yesterday. Um client had a... Uh, Old uh, LaserJet 4 Plus. Whoa. That's very old. It was back when they made them like a truck. Still prints yeah. like great. The problem is no Windows 10 driver, but right. I was able to find a Windows 8.1 driver that worked. Oh, good. So Yeah, 8.1 is very similar to 10. Wow, they must appreciated that. Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> they didn't appreciate the magic of your solution. <laughs> Thanks, Bob. All set. See ya. All right, let's move on to John in Rocky Hill. Hey, John. Hey guys, I got a question um, more for you to comment on. Right. Uh, a couple years ago, I had I have three computers in the house and they're networked, mm -hmm. and they were networked originally as a home group, yeah. and um, everything was working fine. And at one point, some of the computers wouldn't find certain things on the network, and you guys told me to just map the network drives, and that worked great and it's still working. Okay. Oh, the other day, Windows did its last uh, latest features update on mm -hmm. Windows 10, uh -huh. and it got rid of the home group, and but everything's still working. Yeah. So I'm just curious if you could talk about like networking versus home group versus the, the direct mapping, because I, I didn't run the network setup utility on here. Uh, you know, I'm, I mean, I just mapped the drives, and everything's working fine. So I don't have an issue. It's just I was curious when I saw that update, and it said home group has been eliminated. Yes. It did change some network settings around passwords and stuff like that, which had to go refix. Isn't that great um, of them? I mean, they, it's yeah. working. They decide, ah, no home group for you. Go spend some time to reconfigure your whole network just to make something work again. Thanks, Microsoft. Yeah. So yeah. Microsoft came out with homework, home groups, and it was kind of like a home version of a domain. 
So you would create a security. You created a home group key, which you would use on each one of the computers in your home network to secure your network. So it created a boundary, if you will, so that other people would have more of a difficult time hacking into your network. Right. The problem is most people didn't use it. Most people didn't understand it. Most people wouldn't print or save that key that they got because they wanted to do it in a hurry. Right. And consequently, Microsoft had more problems with it than, you know, it was worth, so they discontinued it. Okay. (laughs) So the answer to your question is mapping the drives is the way to go because you have no choice with the home group anymore. Um, And there's nothing wrong with that. No, it works great. Yeah, but it is when, when these companies deprecate this, their software and their configurations and their system, those who did try to use the tool that they offered are impacted. Yes. Um, yeah. And it's, it is frustrating, and, and you know, I hope that answers your question, though, from Bob. Yeah, I just didn't quite understand the difference between home group and, I guess, what I'd call just a regular network in the house. Well, it was like a home group, or a, then you had a public group. I mean, yeah. that you could discern the differences between the types of networks that you're trying to configure um, there's a home style. There's a work. There's a work group style, and uh, they were just de- de- differentiators, or delimiters yeah. between the type of security they were offering. So, okay, more of a label. All right, John. Great. Thanks for the scoop. Appreciate your show. All right. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah. Me too. Okay. Bye bye. Yeah. Thank you for calling. I want to thank everybody for calling on this lovely Saturday morning. Stick around. Doctor Lessie's up next. Uh, he's getting ready. He's in the green room, getting ready to uh, help you out and give you a second opinion on your health advice. So stick around for that. I want to thank Mike G for posting everything live today uh, over at computertalkwithtab.com. It's the name of the show.com, which also works. And if you follow us on Facebook, if you like Tab Computer Systems, the anything we post, it'll get into your news feed. And if you use Twitter, I've not figured it out. Bob, you don't use it. I don't understand Twitter, frankly. Um, but if you have time for Twitter and you follow us at Tab Computer Sys, it'll get into your uh, news feed. I mean, there's so many of these social networks out there that if you did them all, you wouldn't have a life. I mean, you wouldn't be able to live your life to be – I just don't understand how, how people do it. Yeah, like Joey said, they're all virtual digital friends. Thank you, Joey, for producing. See you next week. If your loved one is at risk of a fall, the Symphony Medical Alert System from CVS Health can help support their safety in their home with 24-7 emergency monitoring, even when you can't be there. Terms and conditions apply. Learn more about Symphony at cvs.com symphony or find it at your nearest CVS Health Hub.